0: hi friends i am so excited for you to join me with my conversation with leah hopper today We have such a good visit about building relationships with our kids now so that we have them when they're older and leave the house. And I also love that she talks about not worrying about things that you can't change because it just drains your focus and it is of no value. And I think that's such good advice. One of my favorite parts of our conversation is when we talk about as we have children that are growing older and moving out and on with their lives that we definitely need to make sure we keep a creative outlet as moms. And one of my favorite things I love to do is to quilt. And I was reading a post on Facebook the other day, and this mom was talking about how frustrated she had become in working on a particular work project, I assume, and that she just was wondering, like, how do you avoid getting that frustrated and i kind of pondered that and i realized that for me the way that i can keep my equilibrium just in my regular life is if i do things that feed my soul and being creative is one of those things and so i am always looking for a few minutes here and there to escape up to my sewing room and to work on some quilting projects i have going or um things like that and while not everyone has a quilting room to escape to. I I haven't had that my entire married life, motherhood life. I've only had it in the last couple years. Um, a space that is dedicated that can leave a project out. Even when my children were little, I would I would have like crafting weekends where I would just be okay with having a big mess out and work as I had time and come back to it um, as I was available. And for me, that just made a huge difference in just keeping my basic mentality in a happy place so that life did not frustrate me as quickly as it would have otherwise. And so I just leave that little bit of encouragement with you also. I completely enjoyed my conversation with Leah Hopper. I encourage you to read her book and I will um I've posted notes to that in the show notes, so check that out and also keep an eye out for her future books that she tells us about in in our conversation. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Leah Hopper. Welcome to today's episode of the Epic Mom Podcast. Today I have my friend Leah Hopper joining me and we've known each other, I think like eight years for yeah, a long time, yeah, right? I think so Yeah. We don't see each other very often, but I feel like every time I see you, we just kind of can pick right back up in conversation. And I love yes. that. So welcome to the show. Thank Leah. you. Um, If you want to just, why don't you just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your family and and what you do. All right.
1: Well, I am Leah Hopper and I'm the mother of six children ranging in ages from 20 down to five. And um, we've moved all over the United States with the military. Um, And right now I'm a stay at home mom. I work in a direct sales company and I recently published a book and I'm working
0: on two more books. I mean, that's me in a nutshell. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay. So, well, let's talk books for a minute because I didn't know you were publishing. You're getting ready to do more. So talk to me about your first book and because I was super excited when I heard about this project you were working with. Tell me about your first book.
1: Okay. Well, I self-published a book called Staying Together and it's 30 stories of real life couples and struggles and challenges that they've gone through, um, that they've chosen to stay together through. And in the meantime, and through it all, they were able to strengthen their marriage and actually become more unified. Um, so that's
0: what that that's what that book is all about
1: and what's included. Which in I
0: it. think is it's an amazing topic to write about and certainly one that needs to be celebrated because in today's society, marriages don't last, you know, so it can be kind of a consumable product instead of one that's a lifelong endeavor. So what prompted you to even even do that project? Sadly, I've had many
1: friends within the past, you know, five or six years who have either gone divorced, have been considering divorce, um, and I have a really dear friend who just recently told me that. And we're talking. About, really, it was it was her. It was really for her that I I had this idea, and I was like, okay, I, I need to get all these stories compiled together, and. And let people know that you know, even though there are so many struggles and so many challenges, and it can be so hard, um, that you can get through it. You really can. And I just, I, I just wanted to show, especially her, you know, everybody, um, you know the 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 victories, the victories. Yeah. That you know, even though people go through literal hell a lot of times, they can they can pull through it and they can make it through. And um. I just, I just wanted people to see that.
0: I love that. And I think, um, I think you're right. I think sometimes we, we don't maybe recognize and therefore don't celebrate the victories like we could.
1: I think people and, are really quiet about challenges. Um, yeah. they The, the struggles. Yes. Mm-hmm. We just these people that seem so happy all the time. Think, Oh my goodness. You know, my marriage, we must have problems, you know, because we're not happy all the time, but nobody is. Nobody's marriage is perfect. No one. Nobody has a perfect relationship with their spouse everyone everyone goes through challenges. Everyone goes through hard times and it's important to see how people are able to get through them so that you know you can have more hope for your own marriage and also strategies and tools and to know how to navigate through the difficult times too
0: so that part I love about it is just even to, yeah, I love that you can see success stories and then also be like, "Oh, here are strategies they use, yes." this is what i can use did you find like an overarching kind of theme of what if you could like boil down advice from your book to a couple of key points yes i think
1: the two biggest ones i think i remember are number one their faith i think um you know so many of them turned to god either one of them or both of them together and you know that was a huge part of it and another was communication um, the husband and wife communicating on a regular basis. And a lot of times when the communication was, you know, not happening, then a lot of times that's when problems arose. And because, you know, what the other person is thinking, you know, you, that, um, you know, they're doing things for a certain reason or, but, you know, you don't know unless you're actually talking to each other.
0: So. That's totally true. I would think I would, that would have been my guess. Yeah. Communication. You know, like, especially because, um, I'm just learning in my own life this year. I'll have been married 25 years, which oh, wow. I think you're probably pretty close to that. 20. Yeah. Like, yeah, this is a long time. Yes. <laughs> right? I'm, somehow I'm trying to figure out how I've been an adult long enough to be married right? for 25 years. But anyway, that's another, that's another story. But, um, but it does, it occurs to me more and more lately. And it's so funny. Just, just recently, my husband and I have really identified that we think differently. Oh yeah. And, Part of it is because of our own personalities and part of it is just inherent in the difference between men and women. And I'm not, I, maybe we're remedial. Like I always <laughs> knew that, but to actually have a conversation to identify and then to point at examples in our life of like, oh my gosh, this is us thinking differently. Yes. And it's not that either of us are wrong right. or stupid mm-hmm. or uncaring. Yep. It's just different. Very different. And then to be like, okay. Now I can see where you're coming from. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Here's where I'm coming from. Let's find the middle ground here. Right. Yeah. That, so that,
1: all the difference. ending that, okay, well they just see things different. Not because they're terrible or horrible or, you
0: know, it's just because they see things differently.
1: Yeah. They just see it different. Yeah.
0: yeah. And you know, and then you add all of your own personal experiences oh, yeah. and life story yeah. and stuff. And that adds a lot to it, but just inherent in the male and female, brain waves yes. is just plain different, yes. which is yeah. great. That's why, that's why we can be married for 25 years yes. and still need each other and still learn and grow together. It's wonderful, but it's, it's good to know. Yes. <laughs> and one of, one of my
1: favorite, um, things that I've, um, seen, it was 10 years ago and it really opened my eyes to this. Um, his name is Mark Dunger. He is a, I think he's a marriage and family therapist, I'm pretty sure, but he's also like this comedian, he's hilarious. And he has this, um, it's on YouTube, and it's called The Tale of Two Brains. And he talks about the difference between the male brain and the female brain. And it is, I mean, for one thing, it's really, really funny, but it is so informative. <laughs> and after I watched that, he, my husband does this, and i like, okay, who I think just doesn't care about anybody. But like, you know, it's because anyway, it was, it was it's awesome. because there's, there's our brains yeah, two different brains. So different. Oh, I love that. Okay. I'm going to
0: totally check yes. that out. And it, yeah. And it's for tip.
1: free. It's on, it's on YouTube. His whole,
0: his whole thing is, it's really great. Tale of two brains. That's fantastic. The tale yep. of two brains. I'm going to look that up. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so what are your other two projects you're working on? One is a memoir
1: about... Um, growing up in a dysfunctional family. And it's about my life. Um, and it's actually been very therapeutic for me to write that I've been wanting to write it for a long, long time. And it's finally just coming together. And it's been really great. So that's one that's awesome. that I'm planning on um, publishing this year. And then another one is actually about um, motherhood. Okay. So the book I'm writing about motherhood is called it's gonna look like perfect mom, but it's actually perfect mom. Because it's the premise of it is, it's not about being a perfect mother, but it's about becoming a perfected person. It's not about changing our children; it's about becoming changed ourselves. And how being a mother, it's not—we're not like trying to change our kids. It's actually about changing us, who we who we are. And um, anyway, and how it can be such a refining process for us as women. So that's what that
0: one's going to be about. I I cannot think of a more refining process than yes. motherhood. Seriously, woman, right? yes. Truly. So what are some, like, do you have some, like, specific life examples or whatever? What prompted you to make that, to write that?
1: Oh, my goodness. Just, you know, raising my own children, realize, you know, when I was young and so naive, I was thinking, okay, I'm going to mother these children, and they're going to be so perfect because I'm going to do exactly what I need to do. I'm going to do, you know, this and this and this that I've learned, and everything's going to be great. (laughs) because I yeah. I was so judgmental about other people's children thinking oh my goodness you know I can't believe their kids act like that they must not have taught them this and this and this and then when I actually had children and started raising them I was like oh my goodness this is
0: really hard <laughs> it's, it's its own thing right it's like yes yeah it yes. is it is a unique perspective to have this person yes that and you are teaching them and you are trying and yes, yes. They get to choose how they want to act and what they want to glean from what you're trying to teach them Mm -hmm. and, and what they're going to hang on to for the rest of their lives. Yep. Yeah. And that, that can be hard. Yes. Yeah. So tell me about the ages of your kids and what they're all up to so that our listeners kind of know what stage of life you're in.
1: Okay. My oldest is, well, he will be 20 this year and he's in the military. He's actually stationed in Germany right now. And then I have an 18-year-old daughter who um, lives out west, and she's working as a nanny right now. And then I have a 17-year-old daughter who just finished her junior year of high school. Uh, Well, she is in the process, I guess, because we're all quarantined right now. And (laughs) a 16-year-old son who's finishing up freshman year. And then I have a 14-year-old daughter who's in middle school. And then I have a five-year-old son.
0: So how is that having the difference between a fourteen year old? You've got all these teenagers and young adults, and then a (laughs) five year old.
1: Like how does that work? Oh, it's craziness! And you know, when I was a young mother, I was—I always said, "I'm—I'm never going to be one of those mothers who has all these teenagers and then a baby. Never, ever, ever. I was just going to raise all of them up all at the same (laughs) time. And here I am with a little five year old and all these kids who are about to, you know, start. We're gonna. Be empty nesters except for this little five year old. Well, he won't be five, but he'll be, you know, he'll be he'll, he'll, be, he'll be
0: He'll be, <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, was he was he a surprise, or he was just a? It's time to have another one, and it's okay that we're way out of the diaper backstage. Well,
1: let me tell you about this. So, when I got married, I wanted to have ten kids. Yes, I want to It's going to be great. And I started having five children in five years, and I was like, this is insane. I'm exhausted. And so I told my husband, you're going to go get a vasectomy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and <We're> so <laughs> he did. And um, when my youngest daughter was about a year old, I was like, I want another baby. <laughs> he was like, sorry, um, you know, the deed has been done. Can't have another child. And that feeling just, it was like, it was an overwhelming feeling. I mean, I would just cry and cry and be like, I just, I need another baby. I want another baby. And you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't cry to him all the time because I was like, you know, there's nothing we can do about it, but I would have these episodes, you know, like at least once or twice a year, I was like, I need to have another child. And so my husband was um, medically retired from the military and I told him again, I said, I really, I want another, I want another baby. And this was about 10 years ago. And he said, okay, well, we're getting, you know, this um, chunk of money the military is giving us. And he said, it's, you know, now or never, if we want to, to be able to do this. So we researched it. We found a place that um, did reversals. We went there, got a reversal. And a couple months later, got pregnant with our little guy. And my, my youngest at that time was almost nine. And so they're, they're about nine years apart. So,
0: yep. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and since having him mm-hmm. was then it's like, okay, now we're done or, well,
1: you know, we, we wanted him to have a sibling, so he wouldn't be alone, but it just, it just hasn't happened. So, you know, and, so and that's him. okay. He has been such, okay. such a blessing. I mean, really, you know, God knew I was going to need this little guy who just loves me and hugs me when I had all these teenagers who are insane.
0: <laughs> One should have a little yes. three or five-year-old when you have a house full of teenagers. Yeah. Because yes. right, they love you. They think you know everything. Yes. And me. you're just the best, right? They are the best. <laughs> and their behavior issues are about the same as 13 to 15 right. year olds. They just love you though. <laughs> right. Right? Yes. Oh gosh. That's okay. I think this might be the recipe for sanity for all teenage moms. <laughs> That reminds me of a dear friend of mine, and something I noticed when I visited her house one time. She she put the baby pictures on the walls, and she said, "I asked her about it because I thought it was kind of odd. Usually, you have like up to date pictures, right, yes. of your family." And she said that she printed the the her very favorite baby picture of when she fell in love with them as a baby. Oh, I love that. So that as she mothered them as a teenager, she remembered that she loved them. That's and so good. I thought it was so brilliant and so true. Yeah. right. Yes, so true. Because teenagers are their own thing and wonderful and fantastic, but they're Absolutely. they're growing and trying their own, you know, learning their own independence and yeah.
1: I actually have baby pictures of each of my kids on the fridge for actually
0: to remember. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so you're doing the same thing. I love it. <laughs> I think that's awesome. So, okay. So your oldest is in the military. And is that because he wanted to follow in his dad's footsteps?
1: Nope. After he graduated from high school, um, he wanted to leave home and he wanted to just get out on his own. And he decided to go and stay with different members of our family. Um, He stayed with some members of my family, some members of my husband's family. And he was just traveling around the United States doing odd jobs and, um, making some unhealthy choices. And I was actually really worried about him that entire year because I didn't really know, you know, what was going to happen to him. Cause I was worried, you know, he was, he was going down a, a dangerous path. And, um, one day he just called us up and told us he was going to join the military. And that was an answer to prayer. Um, because I knew that at least in the military he would have a focus for his life. He would have something to do that was constructive. He would have a support network people that were there to you know watch over him and you know make sure he didn't get into serious trouble um so and it's been a really it's been a really positive thing for him in his life and I think it's it's the best thing that he could have done at that time so that's
0: awesome that's awesome yeah there's something um really in my experience really really important about having something productive um to do at that age in particular for sure yeah so um is he enjoying it
1: i mean i don't think he's like having a party <laughs> so he's learning <laughs> lots is that what he you're is saying is learning he's a learning lot lots. he is he, he's definitely learning about you know being on his own being independent working hard um being part of a team so you know it's all good things it's all good things um i don't know that he'll make a career out of it but um you know it's it's a good thing in the meantime
0: and he's in germany you were telling me right Yep, he's stationed in Germany right now. So are you at all worried about him with this um, virus and all of that? Has that caused you more concern with him being so far away?
1: You know, I really don't worry about stuff like that. And it's not because I don't care. I just I just don't I don't I don't feel the fear. I don't um
0: That's I think good.
1: I think it's going to be okay. Everything is everything's going to be fine.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's good cuz yeah. you know a lot
1: of a lot of moms are like, whoo, overseas, too far away." You and know? I think, you know, <laughs> Fear is an interesting thing. You know, I, I feel like I could fall into that. I could start getting worried and, you know, like keep that in my mind all the time. But I think that that's not helpful for anybody. It's you know not good for my health. It's not good for my mental state. And it doesn't fix anything. It doesn't do anything. So I really doesn't just, make a bit of no, difference on what's going to happen. All. Right. You know, what, what's the yeah. point of suffering over something when you don't have control over it? So you might as well just focus on things that you do have control over and, you know, think positive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, and then your oldest daughter is being a nanny. So, I didn't realize she was doing that until you were telling me that. So, how is that going? And is she liking it? And was that what she Uh, always wanted to do? No. Um, She graduated early from high
1: school. And she actually traveled to Europe to go stay with one of my friends
0: when she was,
1: I think she was 16 at the time. And um, and then for about a year after that, she worked for my father-in-law. And... Um, my sister lives out West and she has a bunch of little kids and she asked if my daughter would go out there and, um, help take care of her children because she has her own business and she just really needed some help. And my daughter just jumped at that chance because she's been wanting to, you know, get out of the house and go live her life. And, um, so she's, she's definitely enjoying it. Um, she wants to get out on her own eventually though, and, you know, not be tied down to
0: somebody else's house. So. And family. (laughs) Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. And is it how is it having two kids so far away
1: from you? You know, it was really, really difficult in the beginning. I don't think mothers talk about how hard it is to let go of your children and for them to leave the home. Because you know, that's like for me, you know, it was my entire life. My children are my entire life, you know, and um, you know, and they're yours and, and then you have to like say goodbye and it's like but hold on, you know, this is, this is a piece of me. You're, you're a piece of me. You're part of me. You know, my days, my nights were all revolved around taking care of you and, you know, watching over you and, you know, everything. And then, and then they're gone. And it was, it was really, really difficult both when my, my eldest son left and when my daughter left. Um, I mean, I, it was, it was
0: really, really hard. Um, the only, the only word I can describe is grief. Yeah. I mean, it is a grief that yes. it's a form of grief and that it and it, and I think identifying it it yes. doesn't mean that you're going to be in the depths of despair but identifying no. that gosh i'm i'm grieving this time that they're not going to be in my home under my care and yes. concern all the time and it's good it's what you've yes. worked from the moment yes. they were born <laughs> right. it's what you've worked for yes. but you're right it's really hard and i do think it is something that as moms we should talk more about i feel really like really should I feel like we talk to one another about how to prepare our children to leave home and what to do to do that job. But we don't talk with one another about how to get through it when they leave and the grief we feel.
1: I had no idea. And I remember I was talking to someone. I said, I really feel like not that she died, but it felt like a death. And it really Mm -hmm. is because you think that part of your life is over. It's, it's done. You know, it will never be the same again. And it is, it is a grieving period. And I think it's so important for mothers to be prepared for it. Cause I wasn't, it was, it was a shock. It was very much a shock to me.
0: Um, I was, I was unprepared as well. I was unprepared when my son left for that. I was more prepared when my daughter left, but, um, but it was still, it was still difficult. Yes. And, and I even now I like, and she's been out of the house for, I don't know, well over a year and a half and right. And and I still just like just the other day, I just felt just deeply lonely for her. Yes. And we just talked on the phone. It's right not like we're not communicating. Right. We are, but I just was like, oh, I just miss my girl. I just yes. you know and I do that with my son too. I'm like, oh, I just miss him. Yes. And you still talk and FaceTime right. and all the wonderful technological things that we get to do to keep in touch, but yeah, it's it's not the same. No. Nope. That's yeah, not,
1: And men don't understand it. Like I tried to, yeah. <laughs> I tried, my poor husband, he was like, what is wrong? You know, because I would just start crying like at the drop of a pin. And he was like, what is going on? I said, I tried to help him understand, but you know, we, as women, I mean, we carried these babies for nine months and a lot of us, you know, nurse and we just, they, they were our lives. And, and that a lot of men, you know, you know, they're just not involved to that, to that level with their babies and their children growing up. And, um, right. So he it was just, you know, he just couldn't relate to the, you know, the depths of my feelings. So
0: So what yeah. are the kinds of things you've done to be able to work through that? I mean, certainly identifying, I think oh, yeah. it's huge.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I think it's huge to just identify instead of being because so often we can just be out of sorts and angry and upset or sad, but not even mm-hmm. know what's going on, and then we don't behave in the way we wish we had, and we create other right. problems for ourselves. Whereas if we can just identify and go, oh. Yes. I'm in the middle of grief right now, yeah. I should probably give myself a break Yeah, <laughs> should probably not take on more than I need to do right yes. now and just let myself mourn for a time. Like, yes. if we were to say that, I think right. that helps a lot.
1: Yes, to identify what's going on and then to figure out what we need, you know, and then make sure that yeah. happens. Um, like when my eldest son left. I remember the day he left. I called a friend and I just asked if she could take all my younger children. And I just, I, I cried most of the day. And <laughs> I just, yeah, I rested. And I mean, that was very needful. And then, you know, for weeks after that, it would, pro- it was probably about a month that w- it was really, really hard for me after that. And I just, my husband understood that I was just going to be, you know, I was going to be sad. And, um, you know, I just, you know, communicating that to him so he didn't, you know wasn't wondering if he'd done something wrong. (laughs) Right. Right. Just be
0: like, no, I'm just gonna be sad for a little while and that's okay.
1: Yes. And I think, I think journaling is a wonderful thing to do. Definitely praying and just pouring your heart out to God. And, um, when my daughter left, I actually, I wrote a song. I think, um, I think like doing something creative, I think that's, that's always a good thing and a way to deal with, you know, any kind of stress or sadness or, you know, pouring your heart into something that's, you know, constructive. I think that's good too, but definitely rest, rest is important. Um,
0: Yeah. Which is something as moms, we don't often do for ourselves like we could. Right. Yeah. And yet it's essential. We make sure our little babies get their nap. We do. You And we make sure that the little ones get to bed on time and the teenagers get plenty of rest. And we do, we make sure, but we, I'm not sure as we're as careful for ourselves as we could be on that. Yep, I don't think so. And I don't know how the whole ship stays afloat when the the person at the helm right. is
1: asleep or right. overtaxed or stressed. Yeah, right? yes,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Like we said, like with just creating too. I found when my when my kids got old enough that they didn't need me in the same way. Like yes. they could all. I just was parenting them in a different way. I feel like when they're really little, it's kind of a creative mothering time where you yes. are really creative in. You're helping create this person to become, right? Mm -hmm. And once they get older, that is, that's different. It's not, it's not the same. It's not needed in the same way. And so I started just dusting off some of my own personal creativity and I actually began quilting and I have found that for me, that has helped me to fill the void of not needing to be mothering the same way because I can Mm -hmm. create something. It's still creation but it's not a person. Does that make sense? Yes.
1: Yes, I love that. That's. I think that's really, really important. And I think that's another thing as, you know, to teach young mothers that, you know, you have this time with your children, but eventually they're going to become more independent and they're going to, you know, make their own decisions and go be doing all these other things. And it's really important to have something that you do for you, you know, and um, yeah, have something to pour your, your heart into your creative energy into, you know, apart, apart yeah. from your children. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's gonna help you to get through the yes. them growing up and doing exactly what we hope they will do, which is yes. <laughs> go on to be productive adults. Yes. But um but it it can be really, really hard in the meantime. Yeah. So how um with so you've got four still at home and yes. um what is the most important thing to you? knowing that you have adult children that are now making life choices and moving on, et cetera. What are the things that with that perspective do you think have changed your mothering for your younger ones still at home? Do you know what I mean? Like you're like, Oh, this was super important or, Oh, that didn't matter. I don't need to worry about that. I think
1: I have learned to value their individuality and, um, help them pursue things that they're interested in that I may not really care that much about. Um, Cause I think with my older kids, I, I wanted them so much to enjoy the things that I liked and to do the things that I thought were important um, that I don't think I allowed them enough time and space to be themselves or to figure out the things that they like to do or the paths that they wanted to take. Um, and I think that's something that I've learned. And I've also learned how important it is to have, strong relationships with your children as you know when they're out of the house if you don't have strong relationships with them anymore then they're not gonna they're not gonna care about keeping in contact they're not really going to care about the advice yeah. you give to them um, and so i think
0: those are yeah reasons. if you don't have that relationship what keeps them coming back to you right right yeah keeps that what what keeps the relationship if you're not occupying the same space anymore yeah yep. yeah so what are the kinds of things that you do to build those kind of relationships
1: well, like I said, I tried to, um, are you talking about with my younger children or my older children or both?
0: Both. Let's go both. Let's go with, let's go with what are you doing right now with your younger children at home to build a relationship and help them to like, what are they interested in that you're making sure happen? Okay. And then we'll talk about your older kids.
1: Right. So like my, my oldest daughter at home right now, the 17 year old, she loves music and I really love music too. So I, I find that we are able to connect most. Um, you know, we perform music together, we write music together, that has been a really good bonding experience for us. She and I are so different in our personalities, (laughs) but um, we both have this love for music. And so that, that is something that is, is um, helping to strengthen our relationship, being able to enjoy that together. Um, And then my 16 year old son, he actually really likes to talk. And I find that he doesn't like talking when there's lots of people around, but he likes one-on-one. So I, as, you know, as often as I can, he's, you know, he's driving now. So a lot of times when we're driving, you know, we'll just have really good conversations or we'll go on walks or bike rides or whatever. Um, and that has been,
0: that has been really great um,
1: for him. I love that.
0: Yeah. I love that. Cause so often too, with boys, um, a lot of boys don't talk, No, my son, my son, um, if I would be one-on-one, yes, he, yeah, he tells me everything. Yep. He still does. It's going to be 23 this year and, He's still. I can just say, spill your guts, and if we're alone, <laughs> he'll tell me everything on yes. his on his mind. And but but there again, that's I I believe from years of yes. having those conversations of yes. listening to one another and him feeling like he's in a safe place when he does share his thoughts. Absolutely. There's no like no reprimand on my part yes. for for whatever he says. And I
1: think that's a mistake I made with my oldest son because he would tell me things and I would just, you know, get mad at him or I would, you know, tell him he should be doing this, this, and this, instead of, you know, really listening. And, um, I'm, you know, I think it's sad that I had to go through that, but I'm grateful that I did so that I can, you know, have learned from that and be able to, um, you know, have a, a, a better relationship with my, my other sons and my other children. And, you know, I'm my eldest son and I, you know, I think we've gone through a lot of healing over the last few years and, um, um, we're definitely in a, in a better place together. So it's been good. Um, and, you know, we, we FaceTime and stuff. So he's, <laughs> so we're able to have conversations and, and such and you know, it's, it's getting better. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause he was, he just, you guys just didn't have a very good relationship when he left home. No,
1: no, we, there were, there were a lot of, um, there were a lot of different challenges and struggles going on in our in our home and our family at that time. And, um, it was just, it was a really, it was a really rocky time. Um, so yeah, but you know, we're on the up and up now, so it's good.
0: Which isn't that a wonderful thing that you still have time. Yes. Yes. You know that it's not sometimes, especially, especially when dealing with a struggling issue with a child, I think sometimes we can think all is lost, right? And if we don't have everything, just how it ought to be right this minute, it's never going to happen and we should just give up. And that's just not, that's just not the case because they're growing. We're growing. We're learning. Yes. And if we can give each other a little space and patience and grace, then it, it just goes better. That's been my experience anyway. Absolutely. Again, from learning, (laughs) many learning opportunities for that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. For sure. So then, what kinds of things are you doing to nurture your relationships with your adult kids? You said FaceTime. What else are you yes.
1: doing? Yes, um, you know, ask, getting them to talk more than me. I've learned to just be quiet, just let let them talk, let them, um, you know
0: such good advice. Just
1: Let them tell me what they're into and what their struggles are and what they're instead of just telling them, you know, oh, well, you should be doing this and, you know, giving them advice where they don't really want advice. They just want to talk about their lives and they just want to be heard, you know, and they want to be valued for who they are and where they are in their lives. And, um, yeah, I think it's, it's really important as they're getting older, just, just to be quiet and just to listen and just to be there. And so they know that you're a safe place to come to and that, you know, you have your arms open wide to them and, you know, no matter what you're going to, you're going to be there. And, um, and you're, you know, with unconditional love and, um, it's, it's so hard to, you know, let your kids go through things that you, you can see, this is not a good idea, (laughs) right. But just, you know, they've Mm got to, they got to learn on their own and, you know, just, just being there
0: for them. And some kids need to learn on their own more than other kids, just different personalities. Yeah. But I do think you're right. I learned that as well. Is the um, only giving advice when it's yes. solicited. Yep. <laughs> yes. Unsolicited advice for young adults is, is really not a recipe for a nurturing right. relationship with yep. them. They don't they don't want to hear yep. it, and they'll quit telling you what's That's going right. on in their lives That's if you right. continue to give it because then they just feel judged and criticized, yep. And, yep. and understandably right. so. How would we feel if every time we called? You know, someone that in the past we really trusted yep. and then yep. every time we speak to them, all they do is give us clues on all how our choices right. are believing. Right. right. Yeah, we would hate They're that. Right? <laughs> we would hate that. So we've got to quit doing that yes. to our kids. Yeah. So what do you do to um, to just recharge and rejuvenate and make it so that you can be the kind of mom that you want to be? Well rest. Yes. Obviously. <laughs>
1: Yes. one of my goals is to go to bed at a certain time. 10 o'clock is like lights out. And it's really hard for me just to go to bed at 10 because I think, oh, there's so many things I can do after people are in, you know, in their rooms. Right. <laughs> all this quiet yeah. time. But I've learned to go to bed early and to wake up early. So I've been waking up at least an hour before my household since I lived in Alaska, which was, oh my goodness, 12, 12 years ago, 10 years, 12 years ago, I think. And it has made all the difference in my life, you know, having that extra hour of quiet, I read my scriptures, I pray, I, I have meditation time, I can read what I want to read, I can do what I want to do, and just to prepare myself for the day. And it it has made a huge difference in my life as a mother and a wife and just in general. So that's that's been
0: a huge I piece. love that. Yeah. What I love about that is that you are taking that time first in yes. the day instead of hoping that at the end of the day, there's time left right. over. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't take it first... It's not going to happen. Right. We all we all know that it's not because either we're going to be too tired or someone's going to need us and we will definitely, definitely put them before ourselves. Of so if you will do it first thing in yep. the morning before anybody else has an opportunity to express a yes. need, it's, yeah. I think that's very wisely. I appreciate you saying that. And, and so you read your scriptures and meditate and pray. What else? What else feeds your soul? I listen to
1: um, motivational messages. Um, There's a really old school guy. His name is Earl Nightingale. And he talks about, um, you know, focusing your mind on things that you want rather than things that you don't want. And, um, anyway, I listen to him almost every day and, um, music, upbeat music that really helps, you know, um, charge my energy for the day and things like that. Eating healthy. I mean, that's huge. I drink tons of water. I mean, doing anything that I can do just, uh, you know, keep my energy up and and be healthy because mothers need to be healthy. We've got lots to do,
0: <laughs> a lot to do, right? Yes. And it is. It does take some planning and preparation and and some very um. Okay, I'm I'm losing the word here, but it's not dedicated thought, but just more deliberate. That's yes. more, a deliberate effort to. A deliberate effort to be able to take care of our yes. health because it's not going to no. We have to
1: be intentional because you know it's it's easy to grab a candy bar or you know not eat. Like I've I've gone through days where I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm really tired. Wait a minute, I didn't eat. You know, you really just have to you really have to pay attention to what you're putting in your body, putting in your mind. Um, yeah, it's it's really important
0: just to pay attention. Yeah. So in um in college, I had a professor, and it, she was talking about children but it totally applies to ourselves also. But her saying was garbage in, garbage oh, yeah, out. Sure. And I, I've remembered that for, okay, I'm not even going to say how many years <laughs> ago that was, but anyway, <sighs> I've remembered it all these years and it applies in so yes. many ways. Garbage into our minds, garbage yes. out garbage into our bodies, yes. garbage out garbage into how we treat our yes. children and our loved ones. Yes. Garbage out. Yes. And, um, and it also has given me patience for, in working with other children to go, oh, garbage out. Oh, there's garbage in. All right. Well, let's put some, let's put some good healthy stuff in and then let's see what happens because it works the same way the other direction. Yeah. Good nutrition, full of energy, love, happiness, kindness, good nutrition, full of energy, love, happiness, kindness. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, for sure. So if you could give any encouragement or advice to moms of teenagers at home what would it be
1: it would be the best advice that I've been given raising teenagers is to maintain and strengthen your relationships with them find anything that you can do um, to connect with them and to spend time with them and to just build that build that relationship because that's that's the most important thing I think yeah, and it may not be
0: something you're interested exactly. in, but if they are, so you're fortunate that you get to do music with your with your <laughs> one daughter. Now you have one other teenager at home. What do you do with them? So your one daughter, you do music, yes. and then you talk to your son. Yes. And then what do you do with your? So my fourteen year old with your other teenager at home. She likes
1: music too, but she's really into photography and making movies. She loves that. Um, so if if I have like in my direct sales company, sometimes I'll make like, I'll want to make little videos or whatever. So I involve her with that because I know that she likes to do that. Or if I have other little projects that I know she would really enjoy. So I kind of like include her into the, the things that I want to get done that I know she's really good at. Um, she's amazing at editing videos and um, taking pictures. And so I just, I just involve her that way. And you know, that makes her happy. That makes me happy.
0: <laughs> I love that. And think of how valuable yeah feels right that you that you are using her in that way I think I think that's fantastic because I'm sure that she feels really important and loved and valued because of that as we all would right if someone said this is important to me and you're awesome at it yes help
1: who doesn't want to hear
0: that that's awesome well I certainly appreciate all of your insights and perspective and the happy way that you go about mothering and thanks so much for sharing your ideas with us today Carol did I tell you or did I tell you? Wasn't that a great conversation with Leah? I just love the happy perspective that she brings to mothering and how humble she is to just say, yeah, I'm still learning and growing. And isn't true that whenever we um, are maybe a little bit Um, critical in one area that in the future we get an opportunity to learn in that area. And I think that is a a great gift of life so that we can gain some perspective and, and have a little bit more patience and understanding with one another. So I hope that you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did and go make it an epic day. Tune in next week when I visit with my friend Dawn Hawley. She is a comedian, businesswoman, and is all about being mindful and building resilience in ourself and our children. It's an episode you won't want to miss.